Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. If you can be all of the emotions you are without fear and express yourself in who you are, then that is the most incredible way to show up in the world. If you're doing all the amazing biohacks and all the nutrition and all the exercise and all the amazing stuff that we know, shoot, man, I got a supplement platform. I talk about supplements all the time. That's all for not if you don't even feel good in your body. Hi, I'm Mark Groves. I'm a human connection specialist and founder of Create the Love. At an early point in my life, I became obsessed with understanding relationships, the intricacies of how people connect. And through this exploration, I have created a life and a business dedicated to learning out loud and exploring how we interact with each other and the world. This podcast brings the world's top thought leaders, spiritual luminaries, physicians, scientists, researchers, best-selling authors, and health and wellness experts under one roof to discuss the good, the bad, the messy, and of course, the beautiful parts of the human experience. Welcome to the Mark Groves Podcast. I can't wait to dive in with you. Welcome, Dr. Christian Gonzalez. Finally, I get you on the podcast, buddy. Man, finally, I'm on. And what an honor it is to be with my guy. Look, you were on my show. You kicked down the door. You blew away the audience. You laugh. I'm only hoping to reach those heights on this show. Nah, dude, without question, that's going to happen. I thoroughly enjoyed the episode that that we recorded together in your studio and and for everyone listening make sure you go check it out and and that's the heal thyself podcast so podcast host dr christian gonzalez so what first maybe let people uh know what sort of specific area do you work in and then we'll get into why that's important and and what drove you to to move into that direction overall i would say that i'm an educator slash healer more than I am just like a clinical doctor. I enjoyed doing clinical medicine. I enjoyed sitting in an office, reading labs, putting together treatment plans, being face-to-face until it started wearing me out. (laughs) And I was like, Mm -hmm. I feel like in my body, I want to do something different and more, but like I still want to help people and heal. And then uh, it's funny when you start entertaining these uh, parts of you that really are yearning to be seen and listening to that intuitive part, you're always presented with the people and the places and the things and the situations, even circumstances for that to happen. And it's up to you to you know, step up to the plate and 
and follow through. And when those things started presenting, I was like, all right, I'm going to follow that. All right, I'm going to follow that. And then it just unfolded to this place where I now have the opportunity to teach many, many people through many different other platforms. So it's great because, you know, I can be home, open my phone and go, okay, here is something that I want to say about blank because it's very important to me as I'm even on my own health journey and learning about myself. I'm sharing it with over and over with people and it's resonating, it's helping and it's healing people. So it's like, I'm an educator, I'm a healer, and then I'm a doctor. So where did that begin? Because, you know, it's, I, I totally agree with you, like as whatever brings us into our work and then as we evolve sometimes, and I am speaking from my own experience here, I've, I have felt sometimes trapped by what I had created and not necessarily like I had to do before, allowing the expansion of a new version of me, a new passion, a new exploration, a new bridge, uh, and saying yes to those opportunities as the intuition is like, hey, maybe you should go here or maybe you should do this. And then all of a sudden the opportunity presents itself and fear often makes it so we don't walk that path. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually we do. But I'm, yeah, I'm curious, like, where did your path begin in the interest of wanting to help people heal and become mm-hmm. a doctor? It was in school when I was an economics major. And I oh, hated. Shit. You started there. I hated numbers. I hated graphs. I hated Excel sheets. I was literally, listen, if there is a figurative hell, I was in it in three years of college. (laughs) It couldn't have gotten worse. Literally numbers hitting me every single day, all day is hell for me. So (laughs) I simultaneously found my mentor uh, and, you know, you have to take your basic sciences in, in school. And I actually, that was one of the few things I was really excelling on, but I was doing terrible in accounting. I was doing terrible in micro and macroeconomics. And, uh, and then, you know, he, he posted to me, maybe you should be doing something in the sciences. I was like, yeah, you know, I was pretty good in science when I was young. So uh, I started getting pulled into there and then started really going into like the, the different levels of chemistry, the different levels of physics. And I was like excelling in science a lot. And I was like, okay, maybe I, I should really think, rethink about what I want to do. Maybe I don't want to be a business guy walking in and being like, hey, you know how to up-level your portfolio? Here's what we're going to do with your numbers. Let, let's look yeah. at your accounts. Because um, I wanted to be in the stock market. But then coming into that, I was like, maybe I need to go into medicine, some sort of medicine. I didn't want to go to conventional route because I didn't believe in treating symptoms on the surface. And I, I still don't. I, I think there's so much more we can do. I think the structure, uh, the paradigm, just the fundamental approach to medicine is so broken uh, but we are doing a lot better, uh, that I, w- I went instead into dental school because I wanted to, wow. I, I had my own personal story with insecurity around my teeth when I was young and it was a mess and I didn't get my braces off till right before prom senior year. It was just, it can really affect your confidence for a while. So I wanted to be an orthodontist. So I went into school and it's funny because to be an orthodontist or to be any specialist in dentistry, you have to be like the top 1% of your class. Now for me, I was really good in science and undergrad. So I come in and I was like, man, I'm about to blow the doors off of dental school. (laughs) And then I was with a cohort of colleagues who were really high level in science too. So then I was with people. Yeah, it's like all the nerds. All the nerds. All and no offense. I no, mean, I was like big nerd. Nerds. Big nerd. Yeah, they all they all join and get into a school. They're all the top 1% yeah. in their previous space. And now you got the top 1% Bro, competing. I was sitting there and I thought I was smart until I was like doing pretty good in the test. And there was people like doing perfect scores across the board all the time. And I was like, oh shit, I'm, 
I'm not going to be an orthodontist, am I? <laughs> so I'm in the middle of dental school trying to learn how to like drill teeth with my clunky hands. Someone who was way more uh, just bird's eye view approached everything, not detail oriented. And I have to sit in like looking at one tooth for two hours. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't do this anymore. Uh, it's like a spreadsheet again. It's like a spreadsheet. Simultaneously, my mom gets sick with breast cancer like in my, the end of my first year. And it was, it was such a big event in the expanse of life. Aside from, you know, a loved one getting breast cancer, what occurred with it as far as career really changed my life because, I mean, I came home, I I didn't have any experience with cancer. I didn't have anyone who's been sick with cancer and ultimately died. But you see, and I started going to all her visits and I started seeing how disconnected oncology and the way we approach cancer in the world is to what people need. Now, mind you, I'm in school. I, I know about science, but like, I don't know about like medicine and I know a little bit about nutrition, especially like macronutrients, right? But I, I'm looking at these ingredients that they're giving her on these shakes that she needs to be drinking. Sugar is the, like the third ingredient. I'm looking at these things and I go, I can't believe that I know these foods are inflammatory. I'm going to go on the internet right now and check and I'm reading about articles and they want me to give this to my mom. So that was a moment where I was like, whoa, Cancer is a mess. I need to start doing something about cancer. And I don't know if I could do that in dental school. So one thing led to another. I had left dental school, took off a semester, and I simultaneously learned about the naturopathic medicine uh, that I went into. And I was like, man, I'll tell you, there's five times in my life that I've had hot flashes of intuition. And that's for me how it works. I know intuition is working because it's a hot flash from my toe to my chest to my face. And I go, Mm. I need to follow this right now. Like, let's say like, uh, if, if I'm getting into a car and I just have that feeling and I go, I can't get into that car. It was, it was so powerful when I learned about naturopathic medicine. I go, this is, this is it. This is my life. This is where I need to go. So I left school, started naturopathic, and then went through that whole process. So that really changed my life because I really started going into that, reading everything, and became an expert in it because I was starting to test my cancer patients. And lo and behold, 99%, we're seeing almost every cancer patient, at least 10 toxins above 99 percentile and i'm thinking to myself there's a huge association here man then i started looking at the research and looking at all the carcinogenic chemicals and i was like how is this allowed in the home and so that's when i start becoming really passionate about that and then the other part of cancer that i knew was playing a role was the mind body part suppressed emotions lately i've been stepping truly into that and working with people and some of the biggest changes i've seen period in people's health physical mental emotional is in the release of suppressed emotions. And that is really what I'm doing. I've made a mark on environmental toxins. I love talking about them, but I even think that this is more powerful, especially not in the context of cancer, just your overall health, man. As you know, you you work with people's states of being, anxiety, attachment styles, how they show up in relationship. It's the same thing. It's emotion. What is your emotional state and how are you presenting? So that's Mm -hmm. the work that I'm doing now. That's sort of like the long-winded journey, but like in a really short amount of time, I told you, but, um, but that's how I ended up here and doing what I'm doing. I am constantly going from one thing to the next. You know, I, I live a busy life and I'm often grabbing my nutrition on the go. And I, like you, I'm guessing, want to eat lots of greens. I want to crush greens all day long. I don't want to take the time to make a salad or do a juicing and have to deal with all that mess. And so Organifi's green juice has really been the answer for me. It's super simple. It just takes 30 seconds to prep. You got no shopping, no chopping, no juicing, no blending. You just add water, you mix it up, and you drink it up, and you let your body soak in the benefits. 
And they've recently just made their flavors super powered with crisp green apple, which I love, and also mint. So it has 11 superfoods, all of which are 100% organic. It has 600 milligrams of clinically proven ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen that helps support a healthy response to stress, chlorella, moringa, spirulina, turmeric, and more, all of which work together in a sweet symphony of incredible energy-boosting and detoxing benefits. If you're looking for an easy, delicious, and cost-effective way to get your greens, go to Organifi.com slash createthelove. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash createthelove, and you save 20% off this green juice, as well as all of Organifi's products. So incredible. You know, I think of the power of moments in our lives that we don't know where they're going to direct us. And, and that's not to minimize the pain that we go through through them, but they sort of inform what we're passionate about where there are no answers or we see the dysfunction or the challenges of a system or a way that we've been socialized or, or influenced to believe that it is the right way. And it, it seems to be so true of so many aspects of our lives, which Speaking of emotional challenges or emotional dysregulation, when one sees a system that they're supposed to be normalized in and behave a certain way and they have a, a feeling of a different form of self-expression or a different way of being, like what school you're going to do. Like I relate so much to mm -hmm. your story because I did my undergraduate in finance. I did not like finance. I did it because I thought, oh, well, I'll be a good provider. I can make good money in the stock market. You know, I'll have to get frosted tips and, and do <laughs> Jager bombs and hang out. You yeah. sure do. But yeah, you know, like I I actually, you know, as as I think you know, I was a pharmaceutical rep for 14 years, you know, and, and I was fully captured in that system, fully questioning it when I was in it until I started to learn through my own relational challenges about emotion and the inflammatory process of emotion. And, you know, what you're saying about how that impacts our health. I mean, gosh, it's insane. You know, if it, to think about our own relationship to our own emotional experiences or our lack thereof mm -hmm. can have such a deep impact on our health. You know, moving from how your environment or what is externally influencing you versus how you are internally influencing yourself or relating to yourself. What are some of the main challenges that you see emotionally that people are navigating and how do we even begin? Like, you know, I was speaking to a friend the other day who's, who was telling me that he just has a hard time remembering a lot of his childhood. And, you know, he spent a lot of his time saying like, oh, you know, it wasn't a big deal that my dad left, you know, because he was so disassociated from the experience. But the journey back in, like there, he just doesn't know. And I don't think a lot of us know, like, what is yeah. the path to, to recalibrating that? Like, where do you even begin? Man, great question. And thank you for asking that. Uh, because we need to understand a few things when it comes to emotion and healing from suppressed trauma. Um, yeah. Because I am of the believer that you don't heal suppressed trauma with logic. Logic, for me, and as I've said this many times before, is a language of the ego. But ego loves concepts. They love labeling. We love being like, oh, this must be it. This was the moment, and because of this, it led to this. Oh, now I'm this. Now I know what I am, right? And this is an incessant cycle that we're in. We always want to know and know and know and label and concept and contextualize. But really, to heal suppressed emotions, truly real access them, you need no logic. 
you actually have to check out of logic and be into the body, the subconscious. The subconscious is not the brain. It's the body's remembrance of everything that has ever happened in your life, every moment. And to access that, you don't need context. You don't need to remember, oh, you know what? I totally forgot. I was totally traumatized by my teacher. You don't need to remember the details. You need to feel that experience, integrate it, transcend it. I mean, transcend it and then integrate it to a place where now you have a new experience with that emotion. So the biggest challenge I find in people is they have protective mechanisms, which for many people are fighting so tightly to hold them back and their body back from feeling that emotion. When we go through life, a lot of our driving force of our experience is those repressed emotions. Why? Well, much like uh, our body knows how to heal a cut in its own intelligence, sophisticated, even in science, we could even go, oh, you know, there's, there's uh, platelets and there's fibrinogen and all of these mechanisms that happen and we have a matrix and that's what it is. Great. Can we really quantify the intelligence behind it? No. Do we try? No. But we know that if we have a cut at some point, if you're healthy, it's going to heal. The same happens with emotions. When we have an emotional wound, the body is always seeking to heal that wound. And it does so by attracting the people, places, things, situations, circumstances that mimic that frequency for you to re-experience that, feel it, transcend, and integrate it into a place where now you have a new relationship with, for example, shame or guilt or fear or apathy or sexual repression. Whatever it is, is, is given to you so the body can heal that. The problem is, is much like a cut that's trying to heal, of which we scrape off with our finger when it, we have the scab and then it doesn't heal, it reopens. The scraping action is done by our protective mechanisms. We create the protective mechanisms most of the time when we're children, and those are protective mechanisms. They're our guardians. They are the things that hold us back from feeling deeply. So for me, I had tons. But my main protective mechanism is when I'm, com- I'm uncomfortable, I am a performer. I will make sure that everyone in the room is laughing. I will make sure everyone in the room is feeling seen and loved so I can avoid every, if I can avoid real moments. I can avoid vulnerable moments. I can avoid emotions that are quote unquote negative, like anger, jealousy, right? Any, anything that makes me feel uncomfortable, that's my protective mechanisms. I needed to tell that protective mechanism, you can go to lunch. It's okay. We're in the body now. And then I needed to feel what was under. For me, it was true fear. It was like the, the childhood, like true, true fear that held me back from being courageous and fully in my masculine, full fear. And when I felt that full fear, it transcended and I got to feel what's on the other side. And it was real courage. It was real courage that now allows me to speak my truth, now allows me to speak what I want without feeling bad. With, with putting myself first, like, no, that actually that doesn't feel good. I'm going to tell you exactly what feels good to me and let me know what, what you think about it. Okay. But this is reframing my experience with fear. So, so many of us have these mechanisms that we created in childhood to survive, to be part of the tribe, to make sure that, you know, as children, we're so self-centered in, in the most beautiful way because that's the way we survive. At no point do we conceptualize, you know, dad or mom, they had a really hard day at work and, you know, they talked about those bills and I know they're having a problem with their best friend. We don't conceptualize that. Something's wrong with them in the house. We did it. And when we think those, those things that we did, we, we are the cause of that change in those emotions and we're so sensitive as kids, our adaptive, adaptive mechanisms come into play. The problem is we blend with those adaptive mechanisms all through our life. 
We forget that they're an adaptive mechanism. And then at some point, they become part of our persona. And then we're 25, 35, 45, and we can't unblend from those protective mechanisms. We think Christian, Dr. G, thinks he's the performer. He can't unblend from that. Now, the performer can come up, but I could be like, oh, I see that. My protector's here. I must feel uncomfortable, but I'll allow it, you know? And that's the biggest, biggest issue because when we're sitting down and talking, I'm all for therapy in the context of bringing awareness to the, the, there's a tree, but to really get to the root, you have to be in the body. The body in its own intelligence, when it's given safety and space, will open up and and the process will happen. When I'm doing emotional release with people, you know, I'll, I'll navigate it. We'll do some breathing, I'll navigate, I'll bring some really important prompts, I'll do some fascia, I'll do some energy. And then there'll be a point where, oh, there's a process, there's a hyperventilation, or there's the shaking. I'll step away and I go, the body's doing it, now I'm out. I just integrate, I help facilitate it, it's over. And when that moves, that experience completely changes your perspective on what your emotion is, on what your relationship is to the emotion. It's incredible. What do you notice then in that process of going from, I love that you said logic is the ego because, you know, so much of my own desire in this work was to try to understand all the pathologies, right? To understand all the frameworks and structures mm-hmm. that make something make sense. And I remember when I started to learn about somatic therapy, I just thought, oh my God, this is actually such a bypass of all that. You don't need to know where something comes from to want to heal it. I think it depersonalizes it, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, like it's not your fault when you get a pathology to a behavior. And I'm curious when someone begins that exploration of saying, okay, well, fuck logic out the window. Okay, we, we don't need you right now. You're, you've got me where I need to be, but great. And, and they maybe take that pause or that step of, of, as you said, acknowledging that it exists, it's protective, thank you, or the performer. I definitely identify with that one. What is it that you notice exists in that space between moving from the logic to the soma, to the body, like what resistance do you notice in people? Like what's the most common sort of way they sabotage the bridge between those things? Or, and how do we get to the place that you're talking about, which is like, I want to hear more about the the shaking and the hyperventilation and what process is going on there for the body. It's funny because I had a patient the other day and a client, and this will give you an idea. She came in and she had all the answers. She's like, you know, I noticed that I do this. This is like before we started, 15 minutes conversation. She's like, I, if this makes sense and you'll probably see like I'll, I'll start being like this, but this is because, and she was going a million miles per hour. And she made sense. I could tell she had self-awareness about her habits and her actions and the way she shows up. I, I asked to intervene and then I spoke really slowly to, to like slow her down. Because what I noticed was she was completely in her head and we're so here and up. And for the listeners, I'm pointing to my neck and up. And that's where so much of our awareness, again, the contextualizing logic, we're so cerebral and we're so resistant to get into the body, right? And this is why people are like, oh, you know, I tried meditation. It it doesn't work. It's too hard. It's supposed to be difficult because you're getting in, you're doing something that society doesn't teach us. What school, at what age are we learning to get into the body? No, instead the opposite is celebrated. When you're using cerebral approaches, we're going, yes, you got an A, you're, you're worth it, you're worthy. But what about the children who can get into their body and go, you know what, I actually feel angry, teacher, I feel angry, and it's right here on the upper right part of my stomach. And what do we do, what did we learn? Oh, we're gonna shake and we're gonna breathe together, all the whole class and move that, right? That is invaluable for everyone listening who has a child, that is invaluable. So 
this client of mine, finally she gets in and I could see so much resistance to even feel. There was actually a moment where her body was starting to take over because she was, she was like, okay, I'm going to breathe. I'm going to allow myself to feel my body. And I ground them like over and over and she needed like extra grounding to get into the body. But there was a moment where she started hyperventilating, right? And, and you can see the true, and it, it, she wasn't sad. It was, it was true grief. It was like deep seated childhood like guttural grief, guttural grief and and her, she was breathing and it was moving hyperventilating and she mm. immediately got so scared because her protectors like went to lunch we'll say and she put her hand on her head and both hands went on her forehead or the sides of her head and that's a way that the body gets you out of the body or the logic gets you out of the body the ego and comes back to the head because now she's feeling her hands on her face, and it's bringing all the awareness back. And immediately, I, I knew what she was doing. Immediately after, she took a breath and then stopped hyperventilating. So these are the things we don't even notice we're doing. She didn't even notice that she did that. All she knew was that she was overwhelmed with emotion. Things were opening up. It was very scary for her. And we automatically go to logic and go to the place where we can start being like, okay, I'm back to my comfort zone. The irony is that it's never really that bad. You know, it's, there's, there's two minutes of guttural yelling you know, or, or crying or, or screaming or shaking. And the moment you get to really feel and re-experience what the body's trying to have you re-experience all of your life with all the things that it's attracting to you. And the moment we have that and take that one last breath out and then it moves away from the body, you're like, holy shit, I'm never going to be the same after this moment. You just know it because you moved away and you let the body be. And I, for people like when I'm talking about attracting situations we know angry people right I mean, we've met an angry person uh or sometimes they have a smile on their face but you're like that, that person's a little off you know what i mean like i'm kind of scared of them they're smiling but i could my body can feel their anger right and for some reason something they always attract angry situations they get the parking ticket right outside of coffee and you could see they're still smiling through it right that is the mask that they're wearing but truly deep down inside is this anger that they're not letting themselves feel now authenticity is allowing yourself to truly feel the expanse of all of the emotions that you are everything all the negative emotions and all the positive that you deem positive and negative but really most importantly all the ones that you deem unlovable the moments when you were a child and you were so angry and mm. someone said, nope, nope, this is, not how we, this is not how we do it in school or nope, nope, this is not how we do it in the family. The moments that we deem unlovable, the parts of us that we deem unlovable and we put into a closet and lock them in there and walk away, but never knowing that there's a string attached to the closet. And then one day we go, wait, what's the string? And we start bringing it forth to the closet. We go, oh my God, there's something in this closet. Oh, it's too scary. Protectors, come here. The moment those protectors move away, and we open that closet and we reconnect with the part of us. And I've never been separate from it. We just hit it. Reconnect with that. There's a holism that we feel. We go, oh, wait a minute. I've always been whole. Why? I've been feeling so like insufficient and less than or too much. I've always been more than enough. And it's different than me, Mark, saying, you are enough. You, you're just, you're, you're doing so right by the world. It hits different because it's, it does, you yeah. feel that you're enough. No one has to tell you. You just know. And then when you feel that knowing, it's a completion that is just incredible. Because you walk around, you go, I know, I know, I'm angry, I'm sad, but man, I'm joyous and I'm peaceful and I'm grounded. You are everything. And that's the most beautiful point of health. Authenticity to me is the root of health. There's the basement level. If you can be all of the emotions you are without fear and express yourself in who you are, then that is the most incredible way to show up in the world. 
And if you're doing all the amazing biohacks and all the nutrition and all the exercise and all the amazing stuff that we know, shoot, man, I got a supplement platform. I talk about supplements all the time. That's all for not if you don't even feel good in your body. And this is the, right. wor- this is the work that I'm trying to bring forth in the world. I love how you said it sits different. You know, I think of that in my brain as you were telling the, using the metaphor of the closet. I was thinking about when you open a door and all the shit's about to fall out. So you just close the door, you know, or like when you, when you put a bunch of stuff in a closet and you just close the door and you're like, whoever opens that's fucked. It sounds like my college bedroom. Right, right. And I think about that fear that we have of the tumbling or the getting covered, you know, all the stuff pouring out of the door and, and maybe burying us. That's the fear. That's the sense. I've never heard that differentiation. Like, cause I think about how we are socialized and, and taught that emotion is either bad or good, negative or positive. And as yeah. you said, like one's own association about an emotion being either of those things, as opposed to emotion being information. I've never heard of negative emotion. Also, the socialization that went with negative emotion and goes with it is that it is unlovable. That is such an important key to that, you know, is that we might have a fear of fear, a fear of anger, a fear of sadness, because on some level, you know, we've been taught that that's bad. There's something wrong with you if you have those feelings, mm-hmm. as opposed to you're fucking wise and there's something brilliant about you. But to touch those is also to touch on lovability because we've been taught that. And can you expand a little more on that and what you see in terms of the health effect of the experience of unworthiness or unlovability? If child A and child B, right? One child A grew up in a community where we actually celebrated emotions, right? Like if, if child A was sad, the, the family went around them and said, yeah, let's express, let's express. What does sadness sound like? What is the sound of sadness to you? Let it out, let the body express it. And then child B, sad, no, 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 you're a man. You are, you're, you're gonna grow up to be a strong man. It's so relative, right? It's relative to the environment. It's relative to the people around you and what they allow, right? What they can actually hold themselves, right? The child B, the ones who push you away, boys don't cry or you can't do that. That's just, that's just because dad or mom, whoever's saying they can't hold their own emotions, right? So seeing their child crying means that they, they have so much difficulty in holding their own grief, right? And that's how generational trauma is propagated through living, right? Because people just can't hold, parents can't hold. Unfortunately, they do the best they can, but that's how the environment plays a role. But again, in those moments, child B is going to go, okay, okay, last time I had all this emotion and I felt it in my throat. I, I cried, but, but, but the last time my dad said, I, I have to be a boy and I have to get up and I really have to stand tall and be tough. Okay, so, so to be part of this tribe that we call family, and kids don't even think about all this logic. This is just like, this is good, this, this is, is bad. This is so unconscious. This is so unconscious, yeah. right? And then they adapt. But in that moment, it's a sacred moment. It doesn't have to be like the first time. It could be the 10th time. It could be the time it happened in school too, wherever it was. But these are the information, the inputs that your child's getting early on. And then that is hid, hidden away. And that hiding away is the emotion that is unlovable. So that is perpetuated through teenage, adult, relationships, work, Everything in the moments of when it serves the organism, the person to cry, to remove that emotion, they suck it down, they suck it down. What do you think that says to the body? Actually, what do you think that does to the nervous system? And this is what you said so eloquently on my show. We talked about the connection between the nervous system and, and emotions and how it affects the whole body and from an inflammatory state. 
What do you think that's predisposing you on a physical level? 20 years, if you're sucking down that grief over and over, what do you think it does to the immune system, the, the, the connection between the immune system and the nervous system? These are signals that your body is using resources to protect you from holding. Emo- holding down an emotion is, is a massive amount of resources that you're taking. So imagine how good you feel when you see and you realize no, I actually can re-meet that part of me that I deemed unlovable at some point in my life. I don't even need to know the moment. I just need to know for Christian Gonzalez, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, in, in an emotional retreat, I go, I deemed fear unlovable at some point because someone told me a, a, a boy is not supposed to be full of fear like this. And so many moments have I had in my life that said, step up to the plate, Christian, show courage. And so many moments I didn't stand up for people that I should have in middle school, in high school, in adulthood, especially myself. So imagine the moment where I go, wow, Fear was unlovable, unlovable for me. I'm actually feeling it and I get to re-experience fear. And now I get to know what true courage means because now I have a new relationship with fear. And now I have a new relationship with courage. And then I step away and my body goes, holy shit, well, uh, well, thank you. And, and, and the most incredible part is, at least for me, anecdotally, my IBS completely disappeared. I had IBS since 2007 and it was, it was wow. never, it, it started off really bad. And then it just, it, it became mild, but I was always sensitive to so many foods. I came back from my emotional release retreat, learning how to do emotional release and having to do it on myself or have uh, someone else do it on me. And I could eat any food. I don't mess with gluten still, but I can eat any food and it's not disrupting my gut. Why? Because if you're having issues with food, you should ask yourself, what's your nervous system's input on the food in the first place? How is it affecting your immune system, right? And is the root cause of food intolerance or food sensitivity really just emotional? And that's just the context of food. Think about life. Think about all your experiences. Is, is, your, is your relationship, the pattern of your relationships, is the root cause of it an emotional state that's being suppressed that you're not seeing because you deem it unlovable and you're too scared to experience it. But the beautiful thing is you can experience it today. You can experience it the next day. It's so accessible right now. It's so powerful to consider what is nourishing us in our lives, but what is the toxins that we're taking in? I think of that healing of IBS. I used to sell a drug for IBS when I first started, actually, when I was like 22, my first, uh, 23, actually, it was my second job as a rep. And I launched this drug for IBS. And I remember there would be conversations, uh, the drug was called Zelnor, and it worked on the serotonin receptor in the gut. Sometimes a specialist, a a gastroenterologist would talk about some of the data on uh, sexual trauma and IBS. And it was actually deemed very controversial. Like they were kind of shamed if they made an association of those things. And what I also observed so much in the family practice, doctors, and anyone who dealt with IBS patients is there was very much, they didn't know what to do with them. They thought it was psychosomatic. In a lot of ways, the patient left feeling like there was nothing, you know, for them that it, it was all in their head, you know, so it was very much a diagnosis of exclusion. But you know, looking back, I, I remember when I started to study emotion too, I was like, well, of course, IBS is correlated to a nervous system that's stuck in a dysregulated state. Like your gut doesn't need blood when, you know, it's not thinking about digestion when when you're scared. I'm curious about, because I think so many of us work on food, work on, as you were saying before, like exercise. And, you know, I love that you said, that, you know, really no amount of supplement is going to heal at all till you actually get to the the sort of inner. So what is that balance? Like, you know, I, I think 
things like nutrition can be a pathway, obviously, to healing because we start to experience feeling better. Exercise can start. And I'm curious, what is that balance? Like, Because it feels like no amount of supplements is going to get really to the core. But also, if you get to the core, the emotional release, can you have a really healthy emotional environment or emotional experience absent of nutritional access and Mm. exercise you know like i'm just wondering how does that balance look like and yeah you know what i mean yeah man that's a great question because that's been on my mind it's like what if i could do a percent and i know it's personalized to everyone but a general percentage of what role something plays in overall health and it's interesting because next year i'm coming out with a book and it's exactly on this it's literally every free or almost free pillar of of health including the emotional authenticity part. And I have a wheel that has all of those pillars and you grade yourself and you get to see visually what, where you land on what needs the most amount of love. And then you could just skip to the chapter. You don't have to go to the whole book. But the reason I say this is because all of those pillars play into each other, right? And, and you brought in the most important one is like, if I'm eating well, I have reduced inflammation in my body. If I have reduced inflammation in my body, I'm actually in a place where actually I know what it feels like to feel good in my body or get to feeling good in my body. I actually have less anxiety or less symptoms of depression, right? Less brain inflammation. So then I go, you know what? I actually am open now to do these things. Okay, what about going to the sun, seeing the sunset? Your circadian rhythms are feeling better. You're going to sleep more. These are all playing into everything, putting your feet on the ground, connecting to nature. All of these things inevitably you feel in the place, even open enough to have an experience. Now, can anyone have an emotional release or connect to themselves? Yes. People eating McDonald's every day who live in a cement block, never see the sun and work uh, in a job they hate can still have an emotional release. Why? Because everyone can access the body. Everyone can remove ego. Everyone can remove the logic and everyone can come into a place to feel their emotion. Why? Because emotion is a language of the body, just like logic is a language of the ego. And we all have the language of the body within us. The more you start feeling love for yourself, the more you start opening everything else for yourself too. So it can go the reverse way. That person can have that emotional release, feel, oh my God, like I'm lovable. I am lovable. I can't believe that I saw five of these emotions so unlovable for me. And now, you know what? No, I can be angry and I can feel powerful. I can feel shame. I actually do feel shame and guilt too. Yeah, I actually feel that guilt for what happened in 1999. All of these things you actually integrate within yourself. And then you go, I love those parts of me. I learned that they, they are part of me. They never, I've been resisting seeing those parts, all the negative parts of me. But when you accept them as part of you, that opens up, you know what? Maybe I should start eating better. What am I doing? What am I doing? It just, the, your frequency changes. What resonates with you changes. Man, why do I have that group of friends? Like, I used to love drinking all the time, but you know what? It's just different. Why am I with this partner? This partner's driving me crazy, and they're so in their ego, and they're just not playing. <laughs> you just feel different in your own inherent frequency. Why? Because it does change. All of a sudden, your body is becoming healthier. Your field of energy is becoming more and more expansive, and you're just, you're feeling better overall in your body, and that's reciprocating into how people feel about you and then your life changes. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good question and and I've actually thought about it a lot because I'm like, how does everything truly play into each other? And generally speaking, like, let's say five supplements a day, does that really, like, play a major role? How big of a role does this play in making you truly feel better from, say, for example, IBS, right? Or 
is your emotional state that's releasing norepinephrine, reducing motility in the gut, reducing blood flow in the gut, reducing absorption of the nutrients or secretion of the chemicals that break down those nutrients. That's all happening if you're in a state, regardless of even if you're eating good food or working out or doing the biohacks or doing all the supplement, regardless, it's happening with the emotional state. Right. So I think for me, that plays more of an important role because it helps build your resiliency to even if you're eating crappy foods, you're, you're, you're more resilient in your emotional place. So um, for me, that's why I say it's basement level stuff. That makes a lot of sense. I, I might be biased, but I, I definitely agree just as you were walking through that. I really think that love, unconditional love is actually the honoring of unconditional truth, which is authenticity and self-expression. And like, do you put truth ahead of everything? And if relationships are built upon that, then that's honoring each other's soul. You know, there's a sacred correlation there. And I would imagine that authentic self-expression in a way that's kind and loving is protective in some way from toxic environments. If you're angry, guess what? I can hold space for that. Why? Because I felt my anger. If you're sad, oh man, I felt my grief. I can hold my own grief and I can hold your grief. And then we're talking, at least from a man's perspective to a woman, this is true masculinity. A woman feels comfortable enough to be all parts of her. Even when, shoot, I have a partner, sometimes she gets crazy. I love her, but you know what I mean? I'm, I'm able to stand and be like, I love you. I can hold this space. We'll talk about like what I'm seeing later in the future, but man, I got you. Be. You want to be angry? You, you be. I'm going to feel some stuff, but you be because I can hold my, my shit too. And that's so powerful, dude. And that's allowing authenticity because from that soil sprouts their true self, right? Oh, you know what? I really love music. I used to play music when I was little. I, I used to be scared to express myself musically and I don't really have that good of a voice, do I? No, just be. Just be your authentic self. Express yourself. Oh, you know what? When I was little, I used to, I used to yell when I used to get mad. Uh, but, but I can't do that in society. Well, well, you know what? Yell in your car. Come home and, and yell in the room. <laughs> Here's a pillow. Here's an anger pillow. So therapeutic. Just yell. Just be. You know, allow the body to express. Man, the body's been so suppressed. I'm trying to speak up for everyone's bodies in 2022. Man, we are so damn suppressed. This is a message from the bodies. I'm so damn suppressed. I just want to release emotion. You can remove your protectors. You're safe. Everything you deem unlovable is not unlovable. You are whole. You've always been whole. Your authentic self is your highest self. Please let me be liberated. Please let me be free. Amen. I mean, amen to that. <laughs> Dr. G, this has been a beautiful conversation. And I think for everyone listening, I mean, one, we've been, you, you kicked the door down and really invited us to step more into understanding our emotions, but in expressing them and sitting with them, but why that's so important. I'm curious, one, where can people find more about this and in that work, that work with you and, and the information? And where can they find more of you? So uh, Instagram at uh, D-O-C-T-O-R dot Gonzalez, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z, Z at the end. I have the, uh, the uh, podcast, Heal Thyself, for all the people viewing. And Mark and I, I'm telling you, man, this was when I first got my new set. And there was so many people DMing me. They're like, either I love him, I've been following him for years, and or, holy shit, that really, like, I just learned about this. Oh my God, this makes sense. Like, those cut downs that I was putting up with you on this show was like, one of the best shows that I had by far. So everyone check that show out we did together. And also, I do shows, I'd go over products, things that, you know, we should stay away from. I mean, I'm very proud of this show. The show is unbelievable. Yeah. You have a lot of really, I get little 
like snippets of health when I check out your reels too, just of things that I'm like, oh, I got to buy that thing or I need that or I never thought of that. Yeah, I agree. Everyone check out uh, Dr. Gonzalez's podcast. I do emotional releases in LA. Man, we are booked out till December. I'm only doing it part-time. But with that said, one of my business partners uh, and I are bringing this to the States because it's it's really just concentrated right now in Portugal and a little bit of Germany. And we're bringing it to the States to train people to be able to learn this technique. But really deeper is not not just learning technique. It's like the person is the medicine. You know, you are the medicine. It's it, it's funny when I'm doing these things, it's like I have a list of all the things that I know I, I can do, but it's, you have to be so in touch with who you are and know, okay, no, you know, like I'm holding my space, I'm holding them. And now intuitively, I feel like I need to go off the book on do this. So we're teaching people how to get in touch from that and the technique. So we're going to have a lot of practitioners by the end of the next year. We want to have like a, a whole, like over a hundred people at least trained in this to start bringing this to America. So yeah, it's called Neo Emotion Release. It's on my bio. You can make an appointment if you're ever in LA. There's a, just a few slots open. And uh, you already know, Mark, I got you. And, and we could even tape it if you want. Uh, get it on film and, and do some amazing stuff. But um, look, what an honor. I've been a fan for you for many years. Such a pleasure. You come on the show and, and I'm still in awe of you with the way like you just channeled these like beautiful words into describing who you are and your relationship to other people. It's masterful. And uh, I want to bring awareness to that gift because you have a gift. And thank you for allowing me the space to talk about what I believe is my gift. Oh, dude, thanks so much for coming. I, I'm so grateful for you coming and putting this work into words because I think as someone who spends so much time in the logic and didn't even realize that the somatic aspect of it was, I wouldn't even say important. Like I actually think for the most part, a lot of us can even skip the logical aspect of it and bypass the mind and go to the body because the body's wisdom, you know, it's like healing in every aspect. The emotions know how to be processed. They know how to be worked through. And I think to have a guide for that is obviously really important. So we have someone who knows how to hold the extra capacity that maybe we don't have the capacity for yet, oh, yeah. but we'll develop it. We will develop yeah, it. So man, thanks so much. Super appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, one of the best ways to support the show is to go subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any more. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it, or share the episode with your community on Instagram or whatever social place you like to hang out. This helps get it into more people's ears, and I'm so grateful for your support, always. Thanks again for tuning in. Much love. 